0: bad actors in law enforcement. What can actually be done? Joining us uh, to discuss is Marshall Arnwine, an advocate for the criminal justice program at the ACLU of Northern California. In this capacity, he helps lead and organize efforts to reform police policies for 48 Northern California counties. The policy that we're going to talk about today is Senate Bill 2, the Kenneth Ross Jr. Police Decertification Act, fought for and won by a statewide coalition that included the Black Lives Matter grassroots. BLM Los Angeles, the Anti Police Terror Project, Alliance for Boys and Men of Color, and several others, including impacted family members. Good morning, Marshall.
1: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. First and foremost, got to tell my listeners, please, who is Kenneth Ross Jr.?
1: Kenneth Ross Jr. was a son, father, and he was shot by a Gardena police officer in 2018 and unfortunately died because of the shooting. This tragedy then helped spark a call for having a decertification system.
0: And what, what what does that mean? What What is a decertification? And I think it's also important to note that when this bill started moving, California was only one of 13 states that didn't have a decertification process, correct?
1: It was one of about four Approximately 46 other states already had a decertification system, but California didn't have one yet. And essentially, decertify means to remove a certification from a person of being a peace officer. So all peace officers have to be certified in California to be an officer. Decertification would then remove that certification.
0: And there are particular areas of misconduct, if I understand it correctly, that can land uh, a, a person inside of a process. I'm not gonna call them a peace officer. I'll call them cops or police, they don't bring peace. Um, they can land a cop inside of this process. What are those areas of misconduct?
1: That is correct. So the law decertify the law enforcement officers if they're convicted of nine serious misconduct, whether it's dishonesty, abuse of power, physical abuse, sexual assault, demonstrating bias, acts that violate the law, participation in a law enforcement game, failure to cooperate with an investigation, and failure to intercede. And those are the nine serious misconducts that the law uses to see if an officer can be decertified.
0: You just used the word convicted, Marshall. Convicted by who?
1: So, I use the word "convict." I should have used allegation. So when an officer has been alleged to commit one of the nine serious misconducts by their employing agency, their employing agency then has 10 days to report that allegation to the Peace Officer Standards and Training, also known as POST, which is the agency that provides certifications to officers and it's also the agency that can decertify officers.
0: What kind of oversight body exists uh, for SB2 and its implementation?
1: SB2 created two bodies. The first is called the division. And this division is housed within the Peace Officer Standards and Training, also known as POS. And this division investigates the allegations of serious misconduct that is sent to their agency from local police departments for officers that have been alleged to commit serious misconduct. So that is the first step in the decertification process. This agency called the Post Division investigates if an officer indeed, in fact, committed serious misconduct.
0: And, and before you get second, to the second body, hold on, hold on, Marshall, before you get there, and who makes up the folks on in the division? Are, are those cops? or those community? Who are those people?
1: The post division are law enforcement, former law enforcement consultants who have some type of background in investigating, doing some type of investigations on these type of cases. So this mm-hmm. is not a community based board, the division. This is... Strictly those who have experience in investigations.
0: Okay. And do we know anything about the people that are sitting on that, that, that body and, and their, their backgrounds and how were they chosen? Were they appointed by the governor? Did law enforcement put them in place? How did that, how did that happen?
1: I'm not clear how they got appointed. Um, but the few okay. that I do know, they mainly have some type of law enforcement background or some skill in these type of investigations.
0: Okay. So then the second body that got created with SB2.
1: The second body that got created is called the Peace Officers Standards Accountability Advisory Board, which I will refer to as mm-hmm. the board. And this board is comprised of nine appointed members. Some were appointed by the governor and some were appointed by the Senate. And this is the advisory body to the Post Commission who reviews serious misconduct cases involving peace officers. And this is the body that has a mix of community members and impacted family members.
0: Okay. And what is the importance, I mean, I know most of my listeners already know this, but um, I'll just point out that the the uncle of Oscar Grant, uncle Bobby um, X, Um, is is one of the folks that was appointed by the governor. Can you talk about the importance of having impacted families um, inside of the implementation process for these types of legislation?
1: It is important because one of the goals of this historic SB2 law is to ensure public trust that the system for decertification would hold officers accountable for misconduct and that the California standards for law enforcement reflects these community values. And one way of achieving that outcome is to have independent civilian control and to maintain independence from law enforcement. And Uncle Bobby's appointment reflects the intent of the Senate Bill 2 goal by providing a perspective independent from law enforcement that can provide an unfortunate unique perspective of being a surviving family member of a person killed by the wrongful use of force by a peace officer. And that perspective is needed when discussing decertification.
0: Okay, so I just want to walk through the process, then talk about a, talk a little bit about what's moving through the decertification uh, hearing process right now. So uh, uh, a law enforcement agency refers uh, a bad actor in, inside of the department. They first go to the division, the division which is made up of cops. I'm going to keep sort of hammering that, and listeners will know my subtext. But the division which is made up of cops, if they decide that something is is particularly egregious, then it moves on to what you were referring to now as the board, which is made up of, of you know community members and impacted family folks. Then what happens after that?
1: So once it moves to the board that's reflective of the community, uh, community members, the board conducts a public hearing on a decertification case. And after they hear the case, the board can then make a recommendation by majority vote on on what action to take. So whether they wanna decertify, not to decertify, delay voting in order to get more information if the board believes that they did not have sufficient information to vote on, or they could vote not to decertify, but yes to suspension.
0: Okay, and once a cop is decertified, what does that mean?
1: Once a cop is decertified, they no longer have a certification to be an officer within California, which means that if an officer is currently employed at a particular agency and they get decertified, they can no longer get rehired at any other agency within California.
0: But they could go to another state, is that correct?
1: Potentially they could go to another state, yes.
0: Okay, but the la- what, what Marshall's talking to you talking about y'all is the lateral moves, right? That cops normally would make um, from agency to agency, spreading their harm from municipality to municipality. Um, all right, Marshall. Well, these are public hearings. My understanding is that some of those hearings have kicked off. Can you talk about what are some of the first cases that the board is looking at?
1: Yes. So the first case recently happened on December fourteenth. And this was the first time in California history that these hearings for officers took place. On December 14th, there were two officers who had their cases heard before this advisory board. And both of the officers that were presented, the advisory board voted and made the recommendation that the two officers to be
0: decertified. All right. Can and, then, and these office go yeah, go ahead, please.
1: And then from there, what happens after that is these two cases that the board recommended for decertification now moves forward to the next step in the process, which is the peace officer stems and training commission members who now reviews the officer case. And then they get to also make a vote on whether they support the advisory board's recommendation to decertify as well.
0: Marshall, we're going to have to leave it there, but if folks want to learn more about SB2 or they want to participate in these public hearings, can you give them information uh, about how to do so? And we'll include it in the archived version of this show.
1: Yes, all this information is publicly available at post.ca.gov. And the next post-commission meeting will be March 7, 2024. And the next advisory board meeting will be March 21, 2024. People can watch in person or online.
0: And they can make public comment as well, correct?
1: That is correct. All right.
0: All right, Marshall, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I'm sure I'll be talking to you in the new year.
1: Thank you. Take care.
0: You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive.